everyone, and welcome to yet another Yoast SEO podcast. I'm joined today by my good friend, my longtime friend, Chris Jones. Chris, how long do we know each other? We did this exercise, I think it's 13 years-ish. Give, or, give yeah. or take margin of error is two years. <laughs> no, yeah, I, it, I, think I, I actually think I know where it was. It was SES New York 2008. We did do this exercise before. And yeah. there it is, 13 years. Yeah, 13 years. So yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. Um, we've both done a lot of things since, but uh, at that point, you were still the owner and founder of Pepper Jam. Yep. Mm-hmm. What have you done since? <laughs> Great way to kick this off since we know, we've known each other. Um, listen, I would, I'll, I'll capture it this way. I've been a serial entrepreneur. So I've built, you know, multiple successful businesses. I've been an investor. So after I sold Pepper Jam in 2009, in 2010, I started an investment fund called KBJ Capital. And I've made somewhere around 28 investments since then. The third thing I would say is that I'm a writer. I write a lot. Uh, in fact, I'm like over the top with it. I'm not a Neil Patel over the top, but I'm sort of like a Chris Jones. Wow. who's aggressive. So <laughs> What that means is, you know, you, I, that means you write yourself. <laughs> I write, I have a team of writers, but oh no, I, I wrote a book back in 2008 called SEO Visual Blueprint. And that was kind of like my first entree into professional writing. I did a second and a third edition of that in 2010 and 2013. And um, oh boy, I don't know, five, six years ago, I started to write for a bunch of different publications and, and stuff. Uh, everything from Inc. and Forbes to Search Engine Journal and Search Engine Land. So I've, pu- I've been published over 500 times. So those are the three kind of highlights. I'm a serial entrepreneur, I'm an investor, uh, and I'm a writer. And the writing supports the entrepreneurial side, or is that, or is it the other way around? It's a great question. I'll tell you this. What I tend to write about is SEO and growth hacking on the one hand, and then entrepreneurship on the other. So I just recently published an article on LinkedIn, you know, highlighting the top 15 strategies to set your business up for a successful merger and acquisition transaction. And then on the other hand, I think one of the more recent posts that I put on uh, on Search Engine Journal was on uh, like Web Vitals and preparing for the, you know, you know, sort of update by Google on Web Vitals in May. Okay. Yeah. So cool. You run a company called LSEO. Yes. Sir. Or, or you don't actually, do you run it yourself? I don't even know anymore, Chris. I, I can't keep up with you. <laughs> I, I, th- I think you're, 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 you're phrasing these questions in a way where I could just like break news or something. <laughs> um, in short, I will tell you, Yost, that one of the reasons that I've had success in entrepreneurship is that I have a knack for associating myself, surrounding myself with smart people. Um, I would be lying to you if I told you I ran the day-to-day of LSEO, uh, and I would be being brutally honest with you if I told you that my primary responsibility here is strategy and growth. So I am very, very much a part of the executive team here. I drive most of the strategy and growth ideas here, but I have a good cast, including someone who does run the day-to-day operations, uh, Steve Blackburn on my team. Um, but then I have some subject matter experts that, that help me think through, you know, how to build a successful agency. Well, and by the way, I mean, that 
if we go back to Pepper Jam, you know, in its roots, we were an affiliate and SEO agency. Then we built some technology called Pepper Jam Network, which is an affiliate network. And so one of the things I say in this recent LinkedIn article is that it's 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 easier to rinse and repeat, you know. So once you learn the process of building and scaling a business, it, it's it's not, you know, cause and effect per se, but you significantly increase the likelihood of your success in future endeavors. And so that's what I try to do for LSEO and some of the other companies I've invested in and some of the startups I'm involved in is, is, is try to do that rinse and repeat. Uh, again, it's not cause and effect, but I, I think when I get involved in a startup, I, I do believe that I increase the likelihood of it, of it achieving some scale and some success. A scale and agency always are things that are very hard to mix in my head because I, I come from an agency background myself, as you well know. And it, it has always looked incredibly hard to me to actually properly scale an agency. Yeah. How do you do that? Well, it, you know, it's not, it was easier back when I first built Pepper Jam in full transparency. Uh, I'm, I live in Pennsylvania, in suburbia, Pennsylvania. So uh, what, what I realized then was that there were 13 colleges and universities here. Um, and a lot of those kids were graduating and, and moving, you know, south to Philadelphia or to New York City or Boston, which are all within a couple hours of where I'm sitting right now. So that was how I built it back then, right? And we got Pepper Jam up 130 employees before we sold. Um, now it's 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 more difficult. So talent acquisition's tough. And because of the pandemic, you know, society globally has embraced the concept of a sort of distributed workforce and remote. Uh, now for me, one of my, one of the things I love about entrepreneurship is building culture and building just amazing companies. And so um, it, I'm, I'm really kind of heartbroken, <laughs> candidly, that, um, that the competition for talent has moved to virtual. And so what we've done at LSEO is we, we just, we pay people as if they're working in Philadelphia is actually our benchmark is what we use. And so, so the, the challenge to your point on even asking the question is that um, talent acquisition is a big piece of it. You also have to put together a growth engine that allows you to differentiate yourself from other agencies. Um, that's not easy. Um, and then the final part of it really is what Chet Holmes calls uh, PPP, uh, uh, which is policy um, process um, uh, and what is it? Policy process and something else. Uh, but the point is, is that you have to execute on those in order to, you know, to, to, to build and scale your business. So it's hard. It's not easy. So the thing that always strikes me in, in scaling an agency is that it's very hard to keep a, keep a career path for people, for them to be able to, to actually have a way up. How do you deal with that? Uh, I'm not sure I completely agree, although I just got a, a visual of a, of a common friend of ours who got stuck at Disney. And, and there, there wasn't really anywhere for them to go. But I think in an agency environment, 
um, the way that I think about it is, you know, if you're a couple hundred person agency, you know, you absolutely have, um, oh boy, I would think six to 10 positions within your particular area of expertise. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think thought leadership, you know, could could help separate someone uh, and help them move up the the um, the rungs. I also think, you know, one of my folks came in yesterday and said, you know, hey, Chris, I think we we want to uh, cross train people a lot more than we did in years past. And I was like, that's pretty interesting because, like, the SEO and the PPC division are like, you know, it's like there's a bridge across it. It's like no. No, you know, we have to, to work together more closely and get you guys cross-trained. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think the way, I'm actually incredibly bullish uh, from the point of view of the employee. I'm bearish on the point of view of the agency owner for the reasons that I mentioned earlier. It's getting increasingly more difficult to compete for talent in this new distributed workforce. But I think for the employee, I'm incredibly bullish because if this pandemic taught us anything, it's that that digital is by far and away the most powerful medium to communicate your message at all times, in in dark times and in, and in good times. And um, you know, there were a couple of people that uh, that I've been tracking that are moving all over the place, tons of career opportunities. So, I mean, I don't think we need to debate it, but I would say that talent from an agency owner point of view is tough because of how many opportunities that they have. The opportunities are a good thing for them. It's a bad thing for me. <laughs> yeah. Especially in, in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. I mean, I have incredible digs here. We have our beautiful office. You could see it in the background of my photo here. Uh, right here, we have a five-story building. Uh, it's a great place to work where we have unlimited PTO days. Um, in other words, you could take off whenever you want as long as you're doing your, your work. We just recently moved to a hybrid model because of COVID. So it's uh, three days on, two days off. But we're, we're actually very flexible with that depending on your, your situation. Um, and ping pong tables and everything else. We have our own podcast studio in the building. We've got, it's just, it's just a great place, but um, it isn't as easy as it was back in the day, Yoast, uh, to build and scale an agency. Uh, but that doesn't mean that there isn't an abundance of demand for the services that we provide because it's, it's really overwhelming. Yeah. I, and that's not weird, right? I mean, if, if you see in this pandemic, um, how many people, have relied on local SEO, especially, and, and on on well on on doing some SEO uh, for their business when they may not have ever done that before. There is a, a huge number of people asking for our services, and, I, and when I say our, I mean your, because I don't actually do the consulting anymore. <laughs> you you don't, but it's in our in our world, you know, the Yoast SEO plugin is ubiquitous with. Uh, I don't even know what the overlap is. I'd go on on record saying 80, 90% of the clients we work with uh, have Yoast installed. And, you know, when we get a new client prospect or if it comes by my desk, first thing I do is I go to the site, 
And I'm, what I'm looking for is index, no index. I'm just looking through the code. So I go to the site, look at the source code, and I swear to God, Yoast, right up at the top is my buddy Yoast every time. I'm like, I see it, I see it in the code, and I'm just like, boy done well, boy done well. I remember you didn't tell your listeners and your viewers, but back in 2008 when we first met, you know, you were you were early, early in your career. I, I was a consultant in an agency and I didn't have a way to go up. <laughs> yeah. So, the other personal changes that took place from having very little to no resources to like, hey, Chris, I have questions. I have all these resources. What do I do? You yeah. know, and all of the challenges that go that all entrepreneurs go through as they become more successful. But anyway, watching you over these last 12, 13 years has been pretty amazing to see that you've, you've, just to watch, you know, your success grow and oh. actually participate in it. The two years ago or so, uh, pre-COVID, when I came out uh, to join you at, at YoastCon. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I miss those days. I want to do YoastCon again. That was awesome. It, it, we had one fully planned for uh, just after COVID when our 10-year anniversary is a company. That, that'll come. Yeah. Not worried. Um, it's, it, it is weird. It is also, uh, it's been very challenging. I mean, there's 140 of us now at Yoast and uh, um, a lot has happened. Um, one of the things that, that's always interesting is in talking to you and a lot of other friends from uh, from the group of friends that we share, is that you're still a little with your feet in the mud in some way and that you still see those clients. And that's always a challenge for me because I don't do the actual consulting anymore. So I, so what is the biggest challenges that your clients are seeing now? What are the, the things that they need to struggle with? That's the, the stuff that that's always hard for us to get input on, or it's not hard. It's something that we actively need to do because otherwise you, you lose touch a bit because I, I, the sites I do optimize myself are usually slightly bigger now yeah yeah i mean i guess it really depends on what what client uh type of client we're talking about at lseo we, we we pretty much have um our 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 fastest growing segment of clients are enterprise so we work with big household names publicly traded companies etc but we also still serve you know smaller to medium-sized businesses the smaller to medium-sized businesses i think are still fighting through allocating the necessary budget to execute on a level that matters. And, and that's not in every case and not in every industry, but, but, you know, generally speaking, they're more bought in now, you know, as we are still so hopefully at the tail end of COVID uh, because they saw the just dramatic change in, in, in the way that, that people were getting information, AKA digital only. But the, the larger ones come to us and they know who we are and they know what we do well and they hire us to do a very, very specific thing. So those enterprise clients are basically hiring us because we're a specialist in technical SEO consulting and link building um, particularly. But so, so yeah, the, the, the challenges on the small to medium again are, 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 are how much can they spend? You know, and there's always this this inability to spend enough to really go all in to to really do what they would like to do, whereas with the enterprise clients, they know exactly what they need to do, um, and they come they'll come in and and they have the budget, you know, ready to go. We're right now we're in an RFP and we're finalists. Uh, I can't name the company, but it's say a top 
three uh, sports brand, shoe brand. I probably shouldn't have said shoe, um, but uh, <laughs> because there's only so many top ones. But um, they came in, Yoast, knowing exactly how much they intended to spend, which was completely, they had, had to do some market research or they had to have crunch numbers. Um, they knew exactly uh, how they wanted the reporting delivered to them, et cetera, et cetera. So you, you see where I'm going with this? It's like, that's why I think the, um, the, the small to medium businesses in, in general, even though larger businesses use your, your technology, but those small to medium businesses need anything that could help them automate the process, um, you know, mitigate the expense of, of really executing it. And, um, you know, and at the end of the day, I think that they're, they're looking for ways to spend more money in digital. Yeah. We don't have to talk about the contrast between billboards and TV ads and this kind of thing, um, as much as we used to two, three years ago. No, because people have now seen that the difference is there and that it, yeah, the, the thing is for me, um, that big brand will that you're working that you're RFPing for will probably have an in-house director of SEO or uh, or maybe even an entire in-house SEO team that is just adding surface onto what they're already doing. The the bigger challenge is to me in that SMB market in the smaller in in getting those smaller people to actually do something and to get them to execute something. Agreed, and and back in the 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 first six months of the life of lseo.com, we were a software company. And I was probably five years ahead of myself and my idea. My idea was to build a do-it-yourself local SEO software as a service. It, it was modular-based, meaning that I could change the, uh, uh, the way that we educate and we walk people through the process as the industry changed. It came along with a, a, a score that mimicked uh, what we, I, I don't know if it's if global. I don't, is credit score, is a credit score global? Like, is it, the uh, no, I know what it is, but it's definitely not a global thing. No. Yeah. Then it's us centric. But yeah. We, we, we use the, the, the credit score, um, total and we would score them on how they're doing. And then we would modular base, they would move from one to the next to do it. So it was really about self-education. So I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, when I think through entrepreneurship and building your business, you know, um, I think that it's important that you, you know, you do things that don't scale early on. In other words, you really understand what makes your company work or not work. You got to really obsess about the kind of things that a startup person would. And so my, my feedback for, for businesses that are still trying to figure out how to get the right resources allocated or hire the right talent is to self-educate. You know, I, I've been a strong believer in that. No matter, you know, what, uh, if, if right before I make an investment, I wouldn't make an investment in a company uh, that I didn't at least, you know, earn the right uh, to, to be able to add value. And, and you do that, you know, through obsessing about, you know, what it is that, um, that you're trying to, to do with your business. Like, how does it work? How can we make it better? How can we optimize it? So the, the funny thing of what we do is, is I think that if, as an investor, you could actually invest in pretty much any company and, and come in and do what you do well and, and help grow that company. That, that's been my model, um, just in full transparency. I mean, 
you know, in the early days of KBJ Capital, um, you know, I was building the infrastructure. I was building the organization. And when I, what I mean is, is, is significantly, uh, not significantly, but growth marketing, you know, proper financial management, going beyond just process and, and focusing, um, on, on, um, you know, uh, being able to predict cash flows and other type of things. Um, I think I mentioned legal, uh, and there's, there's a lot of others. So I built that up over probably four or five years at KBJ capital. And I had some success and I helped that port the, the, the portfolios raised like close to $40 million. And so, you know, every time we were able to raise money, it was somewhat of a validation of the model that I built to your point. And so now fast forward, um, you know, I, it, it all sort of culminates together in this, in this building that I'm, that I'm, that I'm in right now that we could talk about later, you know? Yeah. Well, or now, because that building is actually, um, so you bought a building and not, and not a small insignificant one, but a rather large building. It, it looks like I unfortunately have not been able to visit yet, but I absolutely will at some point. Um, but what are you doing there? Tell us. So it's a, it's a technology accelerator. Uh, the total footprint's about 35,000 square feet. And um, the building I'm in right now, there's two buildings. The building I'm in right now is a five-story building. On the first floor, uh, we have tenants throughout the building, but on the first floor, we have a podcasting and video streaming studio. Uh, we also have a, a conference center on the first floor. And then as you go through the building, you have a range of different technology companies. Um, unlike other accelerators, I'm in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, I've kind of been on the front lines of entrepreneurship here for 20 years, like really embracing building businesses here. And, um, so I, I didn't want my model to be like, Oh, Chris Jones, you know, bought these buildings and turned it into an accelerator. Now he wants 15% of my company. So the way it works here is actually, uh, somewhat non-traditional. Um, we charge market rates to come in. All the tenants get either monthly or quarterly, you know, one-on-ones with me. Um, and I take no equity. I make no promises about money. So often when you go into an, an incubator, an accelerator, you'll get a check. Those checks are available, but they kind of have to ask me. I'm not going to pitch my services or my ability to invest. And so, um, you know, just recently in the last uh, couple of months, I guess here, uh, I made uh, wasn't my first investment, but a recent investment in, in a company that just moved into the building. So, so, so that it basically, you know, it, for people that know me or, or don't, you know, I've been doing entrepreneurship my whole life. I've been building, scaling businesses and in, in the last 11 years, investing in businesses, I had three separate offices and it just made sense for me to consolidate them at, at two and a half years ago. I just wasn't happy going between the offices. People couldn't find me, et cetera. So I went out to buy space for those businesses, not to buy a 35,000 square foot accelerator, but, you know, happenstance plays its way. And I, I basically, as I was walking through available real estate, I, I just saw the bigger picture of, of making this, you know, significant investment in my hometown and, you know, hopefully creating a magnet for, for future pepper jams, you know, for future LSEOs. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's it in a nutshell. 
that's the kind of entrepreneurial side of me. It's it's really cool to pull up to this every day. And I know how, you know, you and I have chatted about. I you've been very proud over the years as as you've opened up more offices. You would reach out to me or you, you would let me know and Yeah, it's it's a cool it's one of the cool things. I so I agree with you fully. I we've gone to a hybrid model too, but I I well, I'm in my office right now. The office is a mile away from my home, so it's not like a hard thing to do. But I miss having all my colleagues here. It is it's great to just well to have those offices and to and to expand them and to build and to have people in them and to get that vibe. I I yeah. I I think the hybrid model will work, but at the same time, I I, f- I very much feel you in many ways. And that, yeah, the, the togetherness of an of an actual office is something that is so awesome. It's one it's one of the things that I enjoy most, and it's one of the things I think I'm best at as a just as an entrepreneur is is creating an environment where we embrace people's individuality, but we also constantly challenge them to grow. You know, one of our core values is is our commitment to personal and professional growth. Um, you know, uh, we made I make a five figure annual investment in professional training for every single member of our staff. Our executives get one on one coaching, and the rest of them get more curriculum from a a leadership coach at the University of Florida. I have a he's my coach as well. So that's it. And you know, when you're when you're doing remote, it's it's a little bit harder to execute those kind of things and 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 to really benefit from watching the people grow around you and and so um listen to businesses that are out there that are fully remote or that have embraced it you know um i think that that's that's great and and i think that it's it creates opportunities particularly for employees to be able to compete for jobs that they might not have to, well, they wouldn't have to move to. But on the other side of it is to your point, which is, you know, we spend such a disproportionate amount of our life doing our career. And so, you know, the ability to build friendships, have the water cooler talk and otherwise be part of things is is something I think that's critical to the professional experience. So hopefully it'll come back for those of us that want it to come back, you know? Yeah. No, and in in a way, it's also um, one of the things I'm seeing more and more is that it's pretty. It's easier to hire remote talent, but but when you're hiring remote talent, you're usually hiring senior, sometimes mid-year level, but not junior level, because that because training someone up remote is actually quite hard in many ways. So. Well, there's some things to go through for everyone uh, to to work on that and to to well together figure out how we are going to train people to get from junior to slightly more than that yeah. uh, in a remote environment. Um, but for us, it it means the same thing. We're going hybrid. We we're, like you. We are in on the outskirts of of. No, we're not in actually on the outskirts. We're in the center of a very small town. <laughs> And, and we're not in Amsterdam. I mean, we're not in the in in the big city here, or in, so it is a bit more remote. We have some apartments that we let people stay in when they fly in to be here. Or uh, I mean, it, it, we're we're fully going in on the model, but it it is a lot of work. Um. 
So you have all these companies that you invest in. We've talked about LSEO, but there's a couple of others that I would really want to touch on and probably some that you wanted to, to talk about as well. You have an events company, can I call it that? Is it an events company? It's a live entertainment booking platform. Yeah, that's probably, that sounds so much better when you say it. So tell us, what is it? So it's called Special Guest. It uh, is a entertainment booking platform. So what the problem we solve is, if you're an up and coming, uh, fill in the blank, live performer, musician, comedian, dancer, actor, actress, um, ventriloquist, uh, sword swallower, you, you, you don't have representation and it's incredibly excruciating to find paid gigs, right? The, you know, 95% of four higher live entertainers struggle to find gigs. So uh, in 2016, I was introduced to actor, comedian, Damon Wayans Jr. And for people who don't know who Damon is, he's part of the Wayans family. Uh, they came to fame, if you will, with In Living Color, um, you know, about 20 or so years ago, which was a sort of a Saturday Night Live uh, spinoff. Um, and they've, his whole family's in, in, in Hollywood. But Damon was in uh, New Girl, um, Happy Endings, and he's been in a bunch of movies and stuff like that. Anyway, guy grew up around uh, in Hollywood and in the entertainment industry. And he came to me and he said, Chris, he's like, we were introduced through a common friend. He said, he said, Chris, he said, there should be a platform that makes it easier for my buddies uh, to get paid gigs so they don't have to drive for Uber. <laughs> and he's a comedian. So that was funny. And I was like, yeah, you know, let me, let me do the research. So anyway, we partnered, uh, we ended up getting cast on Apple TV's first reality show. It was basically a blend between Shark Tank, The Apprentice and The Voice. It was called Planet of the Apps, which by the way, in and of itself really wasn't that great of a name because it could be very easily confused from an SEO point of view with Planet of the Apes. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, you know, try telling your parents that you're, you know, on a reality show called Planet of the Apps and they're on the Planet of the Apes site and they're like, what are you doing? Anyway, um, so we got cast on that. We ended up raising one and a half million dollars through that show. We had paired with Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas and spent uh, 13 days with on the pro on the on the you know kind of collaborating with him and then we raised another million dollars um and uh here we are uh in march of last year um wondering how we're gonna uh handle the extraordinary like colossal like knock down the servers level of growth because my partner damon went on the ellen degeneres show and ellen thinks special guest is awesome because she likes awesome things and special guest makes it easier for talented people to get paid. And then the pandemic hit. And, you know, uh, what I had to do was, you know, temporarily lay off uh, my staff and um, have some serious calls with my partner and say, what are we going to do here? You know, what are we going to do? And so uh, he and I and our investors decided that you guys are going to come out of this like a coiled spring, you know, take advantage of, of this time and focus on tech and focus on a, a product pivot that we've been working on. And so, um, so here we are, I would say around like January, you started to see an, a, a, a signs that maybe 
um, the industry was going to start to come back. And think about the complexity of why it was frozen. It was frozen because of global uh, mandated closures of venues, you know, bars, restaurants, clubs. So these folks couldn't perform. Um, and so we started to see a sign in January. Now here we are, um, in mid, late April. And, um, honestly, we've had so many requests for gigs already just today. It's, it's pretty extraordinary. And so it's coming back and, um, we're, we're, we're ready for it, you know, and, and, you know, we're just right now in North America. Uh, but we're, you know, we're hoping later this year, early next year, uh, we could, um, by the way, we're global for virtual performances. So anyone could go to specialguestapp.com or download our app on iOS or Android, um, and, and book a virtual performance with like a famous comedian or a musician or whatever you want to do. Um, but in person, we're only currently supporting, you know, the U S and Canada. So that just gives you a flavor of it. I've always had an interest in, um, I mean, most people do like music and, and live entertainment. I remember, you know, being a, a teenager and seeing my first Broadway, uh, musical. And I was just like, I, I was like, oh my God, this was the most amazing thing ever. So I've always had an affinity towards that. And then you parlay you know, entrepreneurship and my ability to help raise venture capital and stuff. And it's it that this that business, Yoast, has has been one of the most fun of my career. And it's still it's still, you know, I, I still hope to build it and I don't know, maybe sell it to Live Nation or something. Maybe Google, maybe Facebook, maybe Twitter, who knows, whatever one day, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's so funny because I looked at it uh, just before the show and I was looking at the homepage and I was like, you so recognize the SEO in, in all of this because you have this list of locations that you work on. And I'm like, ah, ah I got you. <laughs> it's, it's really funny to see that. It's awesome. But it's real really quick, funny. Real quick, uh, true story. Uh, so, so Damon is like, I told him, I'm like, let me look at this closer. I want to do, I want to check out the total addressable market. And I want to do like, as if I was an investor even though later he asked me to be a co-founder. But at that moment, what I did is I literally was running it through all the tools, like the idea of it, like who's the, you know, how do I benchmark? Who are the competitors? I was like, well, there's these two web-based businesses. And so I, I did a, a, you know, an analysis on that. And I was like, this is an SEO juggernaut opportunity here, um, if executed. And so, um, yeah, to your point, I, hopefully we're not overly SEO'd, but we certainly have taken SEO into consideration. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's it's what all the big players do. It's it's so funny when you look at it. If you consider like the really big companies over the last few years that have been created, the Amazons, the Stripe, the all of them did so on an SEO growth strategy in many in many ways. Um, so it's not weird. I I think it's and and well, I I commend you for doing it. It's it makes you a unique investor in in your own right because you you invest and you bring your your uh, your marketing jobs. So uh, I think that's awesome, um, and I hope to copy that. <laughs> well, uh, we're both we're both still young, so we, we have uh, at least a couple of decades left of entrepreneurship and contribution. You know. I, I think so. The funny thing is that your investments seem to go in a lot of different directions because you, what you bring is your own added value. Yeah. 
Is there anything that you think, hey, this is something that I want to do that I still want to invest in that you haven't done yet? Wow, that is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I think about um, investing in uh, an e-commerce business from from the start um, and building it into you know a billion dollar company. It, it's it's that's the sector this this the segment that you know i used to have and we're i actually i'm i'm in the process of buying out my old investors uh to free up uh just my decision making ability for referlocal.com but that was one of the first companies that i had uh founded after i sold pepper jam and we were kind of e-commerce we were transactional but we were doing like daily deals and stuff like that but e-commerce like the consumer product goods space is something that is just really, really intriguing. And, and so the closest that I've gotten to it was a recent investment that I made. I was telling you this before we went live here. Um, uh, I have a friend who is the tour manager for, for Snoop Dogg and for Body Count. Body Count is Ice T's like heavy metal band. Um, and he's an influencer. Um, and long story short, he asked me to come in on a new root beer lifestyle company. That sounds crazy. Uh, my one partner, uh, there's four of us. Uh, my other partner, uh, Josh Balls, uh, he is uh, a former musician in the in the in the band Motionless and White. And then the other one, Aaron, is the current bassist for a rock band called Breaking Benjamin. And so the four of us came together. Um, we have a whole merchandise uh, line. Uh, there's three. There's a root beer. There's a birch beer. Um, and then there's one that I can't tell you what it's going to be, um, but it'll have some butterscotch in it. And um, yeah, and it'll be out in June. And so anyway, this is, you see how excited I get when I'm talking about e-commerce? Like I said to these guys, I'm like, oh man, we have to have a subscription program and can we do it in four packs? And, you know, I've already- An actual doing... physical product. I mean, I- it, it, Well, you it, know it, how it... my whole career started, right? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. I do on on pancakes <laughs> or no. What is it? Uh, pepper on jam. Yeah. 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 Jam. Yeah. Jam. Yeah. It was a product. It, it, like going through that whole process. I actually today at uh, later today I have a, a a tasting. I have to go and we have to go taste root beers and stuff. But I love that. I love. That. I'm still an SEO. Like just to be clear. So if there's if if any of the viewers were like, hey, I was going to reach out and hire that guy. For, like no, I do SEO every single day. But the entrepreneurial side of me gets really, really excited um, about the experience of it. And the consumer product space is one where, you know, even as a, uh, and I know we're getting getting late here, but I, I was one of those kids that I would go into like a McDonald's or a Burger King and I'd be like, oh my God, the person selling the ketchup packets must be a billionaire. You know, how do I become the guy who has the little salt and pepper packets or the, you know, the ketchup packets at a major food chain. I don't know. So I, I just, I think it's, it's one of the areas of entrepreneurship. I think that, um, the story of, of, of success really resonates with me when someone comes up with a product and it, and it becomes, you know, oh, by the way, I know this guy. His name is Yostaval. But that's a digital product. I for me so I've never done anything than, but digital. So for me doing doing um 
a physical product is definitely something I'm, I'm going to have yeah. to do somewhere in the next 30 yeah. years. Yeah. Because one of the things is that I want to play with packaging. I want to play with, I, I, I mean, all of that fun stuff that you, in SEO so often these days, you're, you are thinking about branding and about packaging and about yeah. all these things, but you're thinking about them in a virtual sense. Yes. And, and, and I would love to do the real thing. Yeah. And, and by the way, you know, um, I, I, we still sell Grandma Jones's Pepper Jam, which started my whole career, pepperjam.net. Uh, actually, in the SEO community, buying every single flavor has become somewhat the thing to do. And I could just start rattling off friends of ours that when they buy it from me, they buy one of everything. Um, but I still have it here in my accelerator building. So when orders come in, I don't always do them. But I'll go down and I'll pick, pack, and ship. I don't know what it is about it. It just feels like the entrepreneurial experience. When I'm folding the box and I'm taping it with the professional box tape, you know, and I'm, I'm, um, I have the, the invoice and the receipt and I, I put a little note on every single one. So if whoever orders, you'll probably get a little personalized note from me, um, especially if you're in the SEO industry and I know who you are. Um, and I'll usually put something in there extra. But I just love that process, man. That's what entrepreneurship, yeah. if there's anything that I think you and I share, is that for the bulk of our success as entrepreneurs, um, we've, we've kind of done it together, right? During a you know, very similar time in history, in, in, in mostly in the, in the search marketing space. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur is just, is just amazing. Being a subject matter expert is as well. So for folks that you know, are out there that are SEOs and, you know, uh, you know, paid media specialists and stuff. Um, it's just an awesome industry to be in for sure. It is. Yeah, it is. It, there's no end to where this industry can go, I think. And in terms of uh, there's still so much to do and there's so many businesses still that don't even have a proper website or that when I go around town here locally and you'd think that the Netherlands would be pretty far ahead in some of these things because you go around and you see these stores that haven't claimed their google maps profile yet and i'm like we're still at the beginning it is so much the, the beginning of the of this entire new era there's a yeah. whole lot of uh, stuff to do there which is awesome i mean i i love it yeah yeah there's also a ridiculous amount of work to be done if, if i i just realize more and more that a million websites is a lot, but it's also not a lot. There is just so many businesses that need a website. Yeah, we now have twelve million sites running Yoast SEO, which is a, an astonishing amount of. If you live in a country that has seventeen million people, <laughs> I give you uh, twenty five links. Can you inject it into your, into the code that I keep seeing when no. I pull up everybody's website? <laughs> no. I can't. I know. I, I can't even inject a link to myself. So uh, <laughs> no, no. But it's weird, isn't it? I mean, there there is just with everyone coming online, there's just more and more to do. Yeah. Um, Chris, thank you very much for sharing some of your entrepreneurial journey with us. Sure. And well, I, we're gonna have you back and then do a bit more focused show at some point. But that's not as much fun as this is. Thank you. Listen uh, to you, the Yoast team, your, your beautiful wife and, and your brother uh, and many of your colleagues who I've gotten to know personally. 
Uh, love you guys. Uh, appreciate that you guys are a partner of LSEO um, in terms of on, on your agency list and really appreciate your time. Thanks, man. And everyone, um, this was the Yoast SEO podcast. If you aren't subscribed yet, this is your time to do it. Go into that favorite reader of yours, whatever tool you use, and find us and subscribe. Make sure you don't miss any episode and see you next time.